Good morning, friends. Our scripture today comes from Isaiah 42, 1 through 9. This passage is a servant song, which is simply a poem about a certain servant of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah most likely understood this servant song, the servant in this song, to be Israel, God's chosen people. And reading it today, we see Isaiah speaking of Christ. In this poem, we see rhythm centered around the character of the Lord, the faint shimmer of foreshadow, which for us points to Christ, and the important themes of covenant and servanthood. There are a total of four servant songs in the book of Isaiah where God speaks of the chosen one, the servant, the one given as a covenant. These servant songs were a well-known genre in the Uh, for the people of Isaiah and in his time. There are two main movements in our scripture today. The first is of Isaiah's prophecy, and then the second movement transitions to the Lord speaking in first person. I encourage you to keep all of this in mind as we read and study God's word together. If you would like to follow along in your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me, please. God who calls all, God who knows all, God who saves all, God who loves all, be with us as we study your words that you have for us this morning. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Have you heard of FOMO? FOMO stands for the fear of missing out. This is from the Urban Dictionary, which is an extremely important resource I think you should keep close. Defines FOMO as a noun meaning a state of mental or emotional strain caused by the fear of missing out. From an evolutionary biological standpoint, FOMO is an omnipresent anxiety brought on by our cognitive ability to recognize potential opportunities. An example of this would be the brothers had last slice FOMO as they saw what was left of the pizza. (laughs) 
This morning, I come to you with a serious confession. I experienced FOMO when choosing the text for this sermon. I read through the scriptures and thought, oh great, I'll choose the script, the passage about justice. Everyone nowadays wants to preach and hear about social justice. It's exciting and relevant. How perfectly millennial of me. At that moment, my fear of missing out on a chance to preach a hip sermon was driving me. Not my desire to know and understand what God means by biblical justice. And suddenly the direction of my FOMO shifted from wanting to preach a hip sermon to wanting to know what God means by biblical justice. Isaiah says about the servant, he, the servant, will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. This was interesting. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. For those of us who look back on 2016 and mourn the depravity we have seen in our world, the astronomical number of child slaves, the destruction of Aleppo, the sexism and racism that underpins our nation, or the systemic oppression of minorities, or perhaps you come to worship today with personal laments from 2016. For us, my husband and I began our 2016 with a miscarriage. And that was a physical, emotional, spiritual, even financial burden. From Durham, North Carolina, we spent much of our time feeling homesick for all of you here in Santa Barbara. And with these laments from 2016, what do you imagine Christ is doing? At first, I imagined Christ standing in the street, crying out, fiercely pushing back at the structures of power and injustice with fiery speech, spitting a little bit at the end of each sentence. But this passage portrays both Israel and Christ as just the opposite. Not pretentious, not inflammatory. Christ is a nonviolent protester, thoughtful articulate, not smashing down the already bruised reed or quenching the already dimly burning wick. But a nonviolent protester, a nonviolent protest doesn't mean passive because the text goes on to say he, the servant, will faithfully bring forth justice. This servant will now, will never grow faint or be crushed until he has established this justice in the earth. Remember when Christ stands up for the prostitute, Mary Magdalene? He says, the one who is without sin cast the first stone. Christ stands with the prostitute. Remember when Christ welcomes the children? He says, whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. Christ stands with the little children. Remember when Christ was bleeding on the cross and he says to the criminal just next to him, Assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. Christ stands with the criminal. Here, biblical justice isn't inflammatory. It isn't merely provocative and it isn't hip. Biblical justice is radical servanthood. Here, Christ protests a sinful life, a broken life, with 
his own life. Now, if you aren't a a criminal, a prostitute, or a little child, you might feel a little disoriented. Because Christ is standing with the prostitute, the little child, and the criminal here. There are moments when I feel the twinge of the fear of missing out. Jesus stands with the criminal. I'm not a criminal, and I can't think of a time in 2016 where I went out of my way to stand with a criminal. I find myself asking, have I not done enough? Do I not interact with the poor, the parentless, or the incarcerated enough? But when we recognize that biblical justice is accomplished through the office of servanthood, perhaps there's some freedom in our servanthood. The text goes on to say, here is my servant. Israel is the servant of God. Christ is the servant of God. And we too have the opportunity to participate in this servanthood. Servanthood and covenant are deeply related. God says, I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. God provides a covenant with his people, and that comes with responsibility. It comes with freedom, it comes without fear, and it also comes with responsibility. When you're, when you're admitted into the hospital, this is a covenant of a type. You are entrusting your life and well-being into the hands of the medical caregivers. These medical professionals use their gifts to serve and heal. The hope is that these professionals can fulfill their responsibility to do everything in their power, to fulfill their covenant, to do no harm, and heal whenever and wherever possible. On March 30th, 1981, President Ronald Reagan was shot outside a hotel. They rushed him to the hospital, and Reagan was moved to the operating table. He said to the doctors, Please tell me you're all Republicans. (laughs) Dr. Giordano, a Democrat, replied, We're all Republicans today. This is covenant. Dr. Giordano set aside all differences in this swift moment, his responsibility to fulfill his covenant, to do no harm and heal whenever and wherever possible, exceeded all other allegiances. In that moment, political parties were irrelevant. What mattered most was making sure that President Reagan would be healthy and well. Isaiah says our covenantal responsibility is to be a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. Through Christ, we have been grafted into this covenant people of God. Our responsibility in this covenantal relationship is defined by our servanthood, a radical servanthood that is modeled in Christ. What does radical servanthood look like for us today? Does it mean participating in a nonviolent protest? Does it mean fostering a child? Does it mean organizing a financial benefit for the cause of human rights? Does it mean showing grace to a family member who has a different political view than you? Does it mean welcoming a stranger into your life or your home? 
And there are so many possibilities that are just as unique as the covenantal relationship that we have with the triune Lord. Every person's radical servanthood will look different. And when we feel weary, when we feel small compared to the structures of injustice all around us, when we lack an articulate voice to stand up for the widow and the orphan, Isaiah tells us, he, the servant, will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. And this God who calls his people, you and I, to faithfully bring forth justice. This is the same God of the universe who created the heavens, who spread out the earth, who gives breath to the people upon it, and spirit to those who walk in it. This God, creator, redeemer, and sanctifier is the same God who says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. We aren't meant to do radical servanthood alone. We aren't meant to do biblical justice without total dependency on the one who takes us by the hand. My friends, there is hope for us. The spirit of the triune God is in our responsi- the spirit of the triune God guides us in our responsibility within this covenant. I could say that our fear of missing out should be a fear of missing out on serving God or a fear of missing out about on bringing justice to the world. But I don't even want to speak about fear. A fear of missing out and the social anxiety that ensues is not from God. God calls us into covenantal relationship with him. God calls us to radical servanthood that is modeled after Christ. So instead, let me say, may our 2017 be filled with opportunities to be radical servants of our triune Lord. May our servanthood be ever modeled after Christ. Amen.